computer. Welcome to virtual Rolodex. We have been on a hiatus for a little bit as I learned technology. This was supposed to be Facebook Live, but still learning technology. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, please note that you can go to YouTube and see our smiling faces. Um, for those on YouTube watching us, thank you. Uh, TXCPA Houston did start a podcast uh, because my biggest passion in life is bringing you contacts that can help you in your everyday life, whether you are a CPA in the community or just want to meet these awesome people. Today, as you can see, I have two guests, or if you can't see because you're just listening, I have two wonderful guests today. I have John, who actually is a repeat guest. He was on Tuesday Talks, and he is from MSI. And then I have Adam, and he is from Elite Risk. And I'm going to turn it over to you, John, first to once again introduce yourself a little bit about MSI and why everyone needs them in your virtual Rolodex as a business owner. Thank you, Christy. Uh, my name is John Doan. I'm National Sales Manager for Management Services International. We are a CPA-owned and operated company. We provide both. We provide turnkey solutions for alternative risk transfer, as well as non-qualified deferred compensation plans. Uh, won awards in our in our industry and have been around for more than 15 years. And today, I'm very pleased to. Uh, bring Adam Perea. He's executive vice president of Elite Risk today. Um, Adam has been around the um, alternative risk management world for more than 15 years. Um, I've been around the risk management world for a very long time as well. Uh, and by MSI connecting and collaborating with Elite, we're able to bring more business solutions to more business owners, uh, more more clients of those of you in public accounting, and able to take care of more of the issues that are that are out in today's risk management arena. And with that, um, Christy, I'm going to send things over to you to you and Adam. Uh, and well, the, thank the reason, you. Thank you. Um, and the reason John's doing that is because he does want to highlight what Adam does and how they can collaborate together. So first, Adam, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about Elite Risk, and then we'll get into how it's going to help everyone in my large virtual Rolodex behind me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, Christy. Uh, my name is Adam Prey. I uh, run the Programs and Services Division here at Elite Risk, and um we are a specialty MGA. Well, we're not a traditional MGA, but uh, in the insurance world, that was the term best used to describe us, which is a managing general agent. Um, so with, with Elite Risk, we've partnered with MSI and Victoria to, to bring a, a solution to the market that they've needed for years and, and a segment of the market that's been largely ignored. So we're here to help people take control of their risk management and provide better or more cost-effective solutions. So working with John and his team allow us to, to better deploy and utilize, you know, those assets that we have um, that, that, you know, we, like I said, we're the MGA, exclusive MGA for MSI and Victoria, which uh, we have our own paper um, with, with Victoria. So... Going back to a solution to the market that was ignored, can you give more background on that for those of us who 
we kind of understand risk management and maybe that's where we need to start, but we're going to start with the solution first and then move backwards. But what, what was that problem being ignored and I guess why? Yeah. So, you know, John and I have been in, in captives for, for a number of years. I, I've been in, in captives for over 10 plus years. And, you know, you go to these conferences and you hear the same problems over and over. And everybody talks about how wonderful it'd be to have a solution. And some folks will even say they have a solution until you call them and realize they just told you they had a solution, but it's the same thing that everybody else offers. So we have these small to mid-sized businesses that right between $250,000 a year in insurance up to 2 million. In the commercial market, they don't get much attention. If, if their premiums are increasing because of the market, the hard market, um, they're being punished for their class code or what kind of business they are. And a lot of them have little to no losses and they wanna share in that underwriting profit. They wanna take control of their risk management program. And the large carriers, don't really make it financially conducive for them to do that. Because if they take a large deductible or um, something of that nature where they're gaining control of their risk, they're going to have to have additional expenditures, put out additional collateral or things like that. And that starts to whittle away about uh, from the net effect of the program. So then it doesn't really benefit them at all at the end of the day. So what we've done is we've partnered with MSI to allow clients to... Um, write policies through our carrier, Victoria, and then they can form a captive with John's team and they can insure as little or as much risk as they'd like and achieve that underwriting profit without all those additional fees like collateral, which is a deal killer in most cases. Um, that's why the small to mid-sized market can't really take control of their risk. And you talk about the small and mid-sized market and I am just thinking of the problems CPA firms are especially having, and that is they don't have the staff to deal with things like this. So can you explain how Elite Risk and MSI can help take a little bit of that burden off? Because I can just imagine as a CFO going, you want me to do one more thing? Because yeah, it's a little bit easy just to go with who we always go with because they already have our paperwork. But to go down this journey seems to be a little bit more work, and I'm sure it's just in the front end, but can you explain how that process goes? Yeah, so so change can be scary, right? Uh, especially in this market. Right now, a lot of companies are just running around making sure they can get coverage again and figuring out how much more that's going to cost them. And the thought of taking control of my risk and taking on more of that risk is, can be overwhelming. Right. And they can almost have that what they call it analysis of paralysis, that they never make a decision because they're afraid to. And then, you know, that's where John and I come in and we have initial discussions with clients. Many CPAs will have a conversation with John and they'll say, you know, I have clients that are complaining about the rising insurance costs. They have they have insurance that they can't buy anymore because carriers are exiting or they have specialty coverage they can't get and they're covering that with their balance sheet, right? They're funding it with their balance sheet and they want to get that risk off of their balance sheet. Um, so, you know, John has those initial conversations when people bring that to them and, and John collects all the data, policies, 
lost runs, you know, a little bit of financial data on the company. And then from there, really, John and I work together and say, what can we do for this client? So their work is done, right? And that's stuff they should have anyways. Mm -hmm. So we we take that and we work together and we put together what we think is, is, a, is a great option, kind of like a pre-feasibility study. And, and then we go back to the client and say, here's what we found, right? You can, you can write these policies. Here's how you split it up. Here's where you, where you put it. You know, there's so many different avenues for alternative risk transfer. You know, it could be straight risk transfer, could be use of a captive, a blended solution. Um, how much risk do you take? Is it a quota share? So there's a lot of insurance acronyms that I can confuse everybody with, but, but I don't want to use those. Um, so, so once we get that, we go back to the client and say, here's, here's what we have. And we include their insurance broker because we don't want to disrupt relationships. John and I don't really have any competitors. We can literally help anybody with our programs. So we go back and we want to strengthen those relationships. And as we're explaining the program, we walk them through the steps of John's team at MSI. You don't have to, you don't have to as the business owner, know how to run an insurance company. You need to understand what you're doing, but John's team takes care of that, right? They do everything for you. They help you compile the, the information needed for the application. They file that with the regulators. They help you get licensed. They help you get everything up and running. Then from that day forward, they really take care of everything, right? The day-to-day -day operations keep you in compliance, uh, do the monthly reconciliation, um, you know, end of year you know, things to, to maintain your license, the audit, the actuary, you know, all of those things. So from a business owner, after the formation, John's team takes care of everything, right? They run it for you. So you don't have to know how to run an insurance company. Um, you'll learn as it goes, um, but we take that burden off you. So you don't have to hire staff. And many times what'll happen is you'll learn that having, if you have a captive as part of your solution, it's just one extra step. Instead of you figuring out how much to pay and writing that check from your business, you figure out how much to pay and turn it into the captive and the captive pays it. So it's not a lot of additional burden. And John and his team do a great job of taking care of everything. John, did you want to um, speak to this to, about how, as a business owner, we approach you and anything so the business owner can be proactive in setting up a captive? I, I like your term proactive, as in traditional insurance companies are very reactive mm -hmm. and not proactive. And it's actually possible to get insurance to be in a, in a proactive space. I hate to see businesses that don't do some expansion or new products simply because the insurance market hasn't kept up with them and it's possible to custom make really from scratch insurance policies that will meet needs of your business. Uh, I, I can't stress enough, Adam's already alluded to this, having teams of professionals as in CPAs, um, attorneys, the right affiliations that are out there to make our call it turnkey um, management to make that a very smooth proposition. Um, <laughs> I've been around the risk management world over 20 years. I don't want the job of running an insurance company. And uh, they're very specialized professionals that would be necessary to do that. So like Adam said, we bring that team in place and that makes, that makes things a, a reality. And it's not something that you're 
that you're concerned that you're concerned about every all business owners CPAs have enough on their plates. Uh, it would be it, it would not be a good thing to ask for uh, for for more of your time or, or the business owners' time as that's really not evident. And you know, bottom line, you, you finish up with a traditional insurance policy, and then maybe there were paid out claims on your behalf. Um, more than likely, those premiums are going to go towards subsidizing losses for others and to big insurance companies' bottom line. And so there's some real f- financial reasons to want to control your own destiny and actually end up for time lowering total cost of risk. So this word risk management is something I just learned in the last five years as being part of the decision-making team here at TXCPA Houston. But for that new controller, new CPA owner, firm owner, can you give a general definition of what risk management and what insurances come under that umbrella? Either one. I'll start, John. Uh, so, so risk management is one of those terms that could mean you could ask five different people and get five different responses, right? Um, so, w- when you think about risk management, it doesn't necessarily just mean how do we become safer as a company, right? That's what some people think, um, but it's it's how you buy the insurance, how much insurance you buy, you know. Just because you buy lots of insurance doesn't mean that you're adequately covered. Uh, Some people buy just the bare minimum because that's what they're forced to buy. So risk management is taking a holistic look at your entire company, right? What have we chose to self-insure? What are we forced to self-insure? What does our current policy and program look like, right? So it's it's just that that overarching, you know, I, I would say kind of, of everything thrown in there, right? You're, you have your underwrite or your uh, safety protocols and guidelines. That's all part of your risk management. Your, your, your company culture is part of your risk management. So when we look at it, we look at it as, are you buying insurance that you need in the most efficient manner, right? So what is your objective, you know, do you want control? Do you want part of your uh, of the underwriting profit? Uh, so that's really what we look at. And as John alluded to, total cost of risk, right? When you come to us, a lot of times we're not reducing your your we call commercial PNC spend, how much you're paying for insurance. But what we do is help you keep more of it at the end of the day, right? By by taking control of some of that risk. So. It's not buying cheaper insurance. A lot of people think self-insurance or alternative risk is about buying cheaper insurance. That's not necessarily true. You can maybe buy it more efficiently, but really we're trying to keep more of those dollars in your pocket. And, and one thing I tell a lot of the people on is, you know, if you're, if let's just say you're spending half a million dollars on insurance premiums now, you kiss that check goodbye. You write it and you kiss it goodbye. And that, that's it, right? Now you're covered. You don't have to think about it for 11 more months till your agent says it's time to renew. With our programs, um, you know, you write that $500,000 check, but maybe one hundred and fifty dollars or 200000 comes back to you that you hold immediately. And if you have that good performance and no losses, you get to keep it. So now at the end of the year, you only spent 300000 because you have that other 200,000 underwriting profit that you kept instead of the big insureds like John John alluded to. And the great thing is it's in a tax efficient manner. So you're in a better position building up a nest egg for a rainy day 
that you don't know when will come like COVID. A lot of our clients who utilized our programs were in much better positions when COVID came because the commercial insurers were declining all their business interruption claims. And people with captives, I due to business interruption. And, and it was a really good thing for them. And Adam, I think you froze up. Did, did he freeze oh, up, John? At what point? Um, when you were talking about business interruption insurance, and I think that's really important because while we do not think we're going to have another pandemic, we do have hurricanes, we have natural disasters that are going to be business interruptions. And I think for CPAs, that's very important to keep in mind this type of insurance, like, you know, um, but you were just talking about how you're, and I think I got most of it. So interrupt me if I didn't. The, your clients were able to survive because they went down this route of captive insurance and had that business interruption insurance where big com big insurance companies were denying it. Right. And they had these, these big surplus and reserves from well-run programs. So instead of waiting for PPE money, standing in line with their handout with everybody else um, and trying to make it through until you get that check, or fighting with the insurance company, they just turned and filed a claim uh, with their captive or you know, through our program. And, and they got checks right away that were able to continue to have that move on. Now, does that happen in one year? No, but these companies had them for, for multiple years because that's what the captive's doing, right? We're trying to build up that unexpected event, right? That one in 10 year, that catastrophic event just so happened the black swan event was COVID. You know, mm -hmm. Now everybody says they're better prepared, but you know, it sounds like we're COVID's making a comeback. We'll see how many people were really prepared if it comes back again. Um, but a, but a captive is really one of those tools that you can integrate into your risk management program that can really accelerate that. And I think it's really important, like you said, like we think it was a one-time event. Um, I alluded to the hurricanes and natural disasters. So as part of the captive insurance program. Is that also part of the coverage or it depends on the client, where they are? Because I know we're in Houston and so hurricane season's always like heightened alert of insurance policies. Yeah, you know, we uh, we look at each individual client as, you know, by themselves, right? John brings lots of clients in right now, a lot that are coastal that have wind, hail exclusions or deductibles. And, and those are all things that we look at and, and help those clients with. So what's the best way to fund for this? You know, what fits within your budget? What coverages can we offer? How can we do that? So it's not just business interruption, right? That's one of the big things mm -hmm. that came out. Reputation risk in the age of the internet is a big deal, right? With everybody can is a keyboard warrior, um, but yeah, wind, hail, John's got a couple of clients that we're working on right now that are saying, hey, what's the best way to fund for this? I can't get coverage or it's too expensive for me to buy. And, and really, that's where we work together and say, hey, here's what we think works best for you or here's your option. That makes sense. I have one last question and it's high on my brain because of the fact that I've moderated panels on this and I've done my own 
scary research, and that's cybersecurity insurance. It's something new that businesses are having to do for because of IRS regulations. Um, under the captive insurance programs, is that something that they can put through the captive insurance, or is that still going to be a third party that they're going to have to go through for cybersecurity? I think it's a combination of both. And I was gonna say, John, do you want you want to talk about this a little bit first? I actually I was gonna I was going to uh say the same thing that you were saying, Adam. I guess that's good good part of work working together. Uh everyone's gonna have different needs when it comes to comes to cybersecurity. Uh someone I know very well works uh works with background checks, um, very large cybersecurity um exposure that's out there. In that situation, a captive might be a solution to take care of some of that risk. Uh, but I think Adam's Adam's assertion that it needs to be more than likely a combination to really figure out what's going to work um, is as important. And it's not as though cyber liability is going to be in most most business policies unless they're purchasing. There might be a small sublimit, might be. Five, maybe 50,000, 100,000, that's it. It's not the policy limit. And so you can't really bury your head in the sand and make believe that it doesn't, doesn't exist. That's not going to work very well. Yeah, yeah I mean, and CPAs, because of the data that they handle with tax returns and even audited financials and such and consulting, I think this is becoming more and more in there. Like you have to, you have to get your, ducks in a row and not just um drag the feet anymore on this and so that's why i wanted to ask the question i asked but um adam you were going to expand on it yeah no i was just going to say you know john john's right i mean look we just had uh was it mgm properties in vegas completely shut down last week because they got hacked and uh you know so so nobody's immune to it um but John's right. It's a combination, right? Uh, a captive is going to provide you with enough funds and, 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 a, and a claim payout to figure out how bad that breach was. It's not going to be a solution, right? It's, it's going to provide you with maybe a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000, but you know, forensic accounting is not cheap. So that, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars is going to be enough money so you can find out how bad the problem was really is, is that's what it does. So you need to have a good, um, a good cyber program within your company, you know, make sure your network's protected and a good commercial policy. And cyber is just one of those things that I, I don't think anybody's figured it out yet. You know, the commercial insurance came out and everybody was selling it and then they started to have massive losses and they couldn't figure out how to fix that. So they said, well, let's just cut coverage and increase price. And that's how we'll make up for our losses, right? And as simple and silly as that sounds, that's you know sometimes how we look at what the commercial market's doing. So um, it's definitely a, I, I don't know, I call it a Band-Aid coverage. That'll help you get through, um, but it's not necessarily a solution. Yeah, and for those of you who were at, we had a conference in June where we had a two hours of talking about compliance and cybersecurity insurance and such. It is not going away and compliance is just going to get more and more. And you guys work in a compliance world, so you know how much red tape there's going to be. And so 
going back to being proactive. That's why, you know, I have this show basically is for business owners, not just CPAs, business owners, the community to really start thinking through things. Um, Risk management, insurance, it's not a fun thing. Personally, every year I'm like, oh, got to go do my insurance review. And I'm a, you know, just personal, but as a business, it's even more important because you got clients relying on you and you're looking at your bottom line going, where's this money going and what am I getting for it? You know, talking about a return on investment, you know, it's paying those premiums and not having any losses. So, yeah, we're, we're here to make insurance fun. That's that's uh, if, if that's an oxymoron. But, you know, when what's nice about what we do is it's completely different than than the kind of traditional go out to the carrier and see if you can get the cheapest insurance you can. Mm-hmm. We get creative. We show ancillary benefits. We can start getting in to help with business succession planning and show them how that can help. So there's a number of different things we can assist with that can help, you know, somebody's program or, or somebody's business profile and not just focus on the insurance. There's a lot of things we can do to help that. And when you start getting creative, it kind of, you know, gets sparks, sparks start to fly a little bit. And it's not just getting a piece of paper saying, oh, okay, now I know how much I'm going to have to pay this year. It's it's a little bit more fun. So it's like a little party. I know John likes the parties. So <laughs> um, any last um, comments? I'll go to John first. Any <clears throat> last comments you want to say? Being conscientious in the way that you do business, I think, is, is extremely important. And that has benefits when it comes to risk management. Most businesses that are considering uh, alternative risk transfer captives operate in a good, clean manner. They're trying to prevent claims as much as they can, uh, watching out for their employees. And really, the uh, the, the captive gives gives those business owners an idea um, and a, an area where they can monetize that. And it's, it's nice to be rewarded for doing the right thing. And Adam and I uh, work with that and bring results for those that are conscientious in business. Awesome. And Adam, last comments? Yeah, you know, really, it's simple. If, if you have questions about what we do or need clarification, don't hesitate to ask. And if you're not sure if you have a client that fits within the profile of what we do, again, reach out to John. Uh, no, no harm, no foul. Just, uh, just ask, and we're happy to spend a few minutes with you uh, talking through it. And John's contact information will be in the show notes as I'm learning how to do this. This is so much fun. I want to thank you both for being here. Um, I do want to put a shout out to John and MSI. As of January 1st, 2024, they will be a corporate sponsor of TXCPA Houston. So we're really happy about that relationship because this information is important to CPAs, their clients, and the community of Houston. So thank you both John and Adam for being here. Thank you to those who listen to the podcast or watch the YouTube. I have a few more guests already scheduled. If you know someone that you feel would be a good guest, please reach out to me. My email will also be in the show notes. Uh, Love sharing the stories of individuals to build those relationships. So thank you.